Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And I'm Upenyu Makoni Matenga. And yes, welcome uh, to the best uh, political podcast um, with a Zimbabwean based in Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really struggling um, to make this <laughs> to keep every week. It's not the ask to keep it interesting. I'm the last of a dying breed. <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny. I just realized something. All of us have uh, three names at the start there. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's that means we're perfect there. for each other, guys. Everyone puts out exactly. name. It's quite long, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what's up, guys? How's how's been your week, Henry? What have you been up to? <laughs> I've been I've been taking care of myself. I've been relaxed. <laughs> Chris Chris is trying to make me seem like part of the bourgeoisie. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, everyone is a comrade here. Don't do that. Exactly. I, 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 in the struggle. No, that's true. And um, some yes. some comrades had to um, during the the actual struggle had to go to far off places for training and and all sorts of things. Um, I know our vice president Poco, I think, was in Russia, so he has strong Russian yeah. connections, and uh, hopefully, uh, in the event he one day becomes more than an acting president, we will enjoy many Russian vodkas. I think we'll have a better relationship with America because we're friends with Russia, like you know. Just I don't think anyone has a good relationship with America, even I'm. <laughs> Even America right now doesn't have a good relationship with itself. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just I just had to throw week. Vice President Poco in there so that the First Lady doesn't accuse us of of you know not paying attention to the guy. <laughs> yeah, I need to be called out at a rally. Hey? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I have first-hand experience. <laughs> 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 Oh, wow, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what's uh, what's on the show today? Today, what's the date today? Um, just get that out the way. The twenty third of September. And and today, I think we will begin with the. It's now being called hyperinflation or the economic situation in Zim, of course. Um, and then or what we like to call life. <laughs> life. Wow. <laughs> Um, 2008 yeah 2.0 um then um comrade timber Mliswa in parliament and his uh, comments um to the minister of finance then um some updates on the voter registration and um all the procedures and what's going on there and then we'll just round it up with the um united nations general assembly um as some beyond uh (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about what happened in New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Not just Chatunga and uh, he's buying Gucci and stuff. I feel and like McDonald's, that was for and me. McDonald's. I feel like Gucci you're saying that for me, like for my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it happens, guys, so we must discuss it. It's, it's, it's you know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, straight into... Uh, this is going to be a battle of the titans because 
in in our in our private group um for the podcast to pen you called the current situation hyperinflation yeah and and and, and, and I, chris disagrees no, <laughs> so i want to I know to why retract. you guys... no now i have to retract unfortunately for the debate because <sighs> yeah because, because no because she was correct no she was correct yes. she was she was very correct <laughs> um i i spoke from a position of ignorance and so I went and did some research and I found that, no, she was very correct. So, well, uh, it's not my first rodeo, Ka. It's not the first time. Yes, tell <laughs> us about the hyperinflation situation in Zimbabwe. All what I know is that my face cream, and yes, I know these are, you know, privileged person problems, but my face cream went up in price 300% and I'm mad because now I'm going to be out there in the world with bad skin. No, that's <laughs> you guys are like what the fuck? <laughs> no, it's a real problem. <laughs> no, this is a real problem though, because it's a reflection on a very privileged level of what's really going on. So imports have have gone up in price two, three hundred, four hundred percent in some cases. Um, I'm not sure what the prices are. I know things like basic commodities, so cooking oil, salt, have also increased in price, but to a lesser extent. But this has been slowly going on for the last what year, year and a half. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a rock that is creeping its way. Actually, not creeping, but rolling down the hill very, very quickly. Um, so, um, someone shared yeah, so, a picture on 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 social media. I don't know which supermarket it was, but they were saying one bottle of cooking oil per person. So it's definitely gone back to to those days of rationed um, rationed of goods. things. Yeah, of things mm. being I fi- rationed. I find anyone. Um, I was reading those rolling alpha um, articles. And the author um, has a roadmap um, to a destination um, in terms of the hyperinflation thing. And, and I, it's really, he hit the nail on the head because he says um, the first thing that happen is the prices of goods that have to be imported will spiral. So that's why you see Nivea. That's why you see things like that um, going up first. Um, then next, you'll see local manufactured goods with imported inputs going up. So I'm sure even locally produced um, mafuta will start going up. Things that obviously have some type of import uh, input. And then lastly, the local locally grown grains and cereals that have already had the inputs for the season um, come in are going to also um, begin to grow to go up. Um, this is obviously not to mention, um, you know, the difficulty in finding fuel, um, which, I mean, I'm not on the ground, so it's very difficult for me to speak on it. But, I mean, I, I saw a tweet by um, by Rueneko where she was asking where she can find Diesel 50. Um, once again, first, <laughs> specifically <laughs> Diesel 50 for a very nice Mercedes. Um, and she, she didn't know which fuel stations were stocking it. So... I mean, it seems like the RBZ is just running around putting out fires um, because they then come out and said that, you know, our gold revenues, our gold receipts um, for the last quarter were the highest they've been ever. Uh, But because there's such a shortage of foreign reserves, that money is straight in and immediately goes out to pay for things like fuel imports and other and other imports. Trips to New York. 
Amen. And Rolls Royces and um, houses in Santa. So, so, so this is the thing, excuse me. Um, the, the long and short of it is, you know, I'm not an, econom- an, an economist, so I can't, you know, articulate some of the final points. But the way I understand it is, Bond notes came, good money drives out bad, and bad money drives out good money. Um, all the US dollars have been swept up and then they were squandered. And so now there's a shortage of foreign currency. Foreign currency affects uh, the goods we import and the price of the goods and uh, all of that. But on the flip side is we actually have had a good um, agricultural season and a good mining season. So we have been exporting goods. The question is what is happening to all of that money? And the second question is how do we actually get out of this situation? Because in the last hyper hyperinflation situation, we then dollarized our economy and that um, relieved the, the, the situation we're in, um, you know, overnight, not so to speak, things, the economy picked up and things changed. But now we have a situation where we already have a dollarized economy. You can't re-dollarize if such a thing exists. Um, so how do we get out of this situation? What actually needs to be done? So, well, Rolling, I don't... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Opinion. Um, well, firstly, he was... The big... Uh, what I got from those um, posts on Rolling Alpha was that government, government expenditure is the biggest issue. Because it's it's actually in in effect what's eating up the what is it hard currency, mm-hmm. and then the second thing because his main point in the second block was that it's essentially a political crisis, that hyperinflation is a political crisis, which I completely agree with, and until we solve the politics, you know even if we solve this round of hyperinflation, and I'm very curious to see what kind of um, creative economics. <laughs> what kind of casino economy will be created by this? Um, if until we solve the politics, it's just it's a never ending cycle. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, it literally has been a cycle from 2008 back here. Um, just to go in terms of where we're going or how it's going to be solved. He in that article, he, he gives three um, possible scenarios. Um, the first scenario he says is that we, um, go to a weaker currency. So we rand eyes, we, we stop using the U S dollar and we change U S dollar balances to rands, um, which, you know, will have short term things like making our exports more competitive and things like that, because it's now a weaker currency, um, the second scenario um, is a complete collapse of the Zimbabwean formal banking sector, um, which will then, if the banks collapse, your political institutions will collapse and we become Somalia, essentially. Um, but the third solution is what he's probably said is what's going to happen is that, you know, there's a bailout from the IMF and the World Bank and there'll be political reforms based on that bailout and that money coming in. And I think... Zanu has already been preparing for this. Um, that's why you hear so many people talking about, oh, the West is courting um, 
a certain vice president. Um, that's why you saw Chinamasa taking money we essentially didn't have to clear some arrears with the IMF and these um, Brenton Woods institutions because they see that the only way that we're actually going to get out of this crisis is with some sort of bailout. Now, if ZANU wins in 2018, would we be able to get that bailout to the same level of bailout? Uh, I don't know about that. Um, but I'm sure if they win in 2018, very soon you'll be hearing um, John Anonyeba Mangujga saying, <laughs> oh, we're going... Um, is it Anonyeba or Panonetsa? It's Panonetsa. Panonetsa. <laughs> Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Wow. Honest. Wow. 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 <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure the next thing, and and you've and you've heard even um, um, Zembi in his BBC hard talk interview talking about the rand. I'm sure um, that's the that's where we're going to next is we become a rand based economy. But whether uh, the South African Reserve Bank. Um, would let us bastardize their their currency like we've done to the U.S. dollar. Uh, I don't know. I hope they don't um, because it'd be bad for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope and it would it would be just a short term solution for us. So it's not really a solution. Ah. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah. So this is the thing: is number one, would South Africa want us in the rand economy? Um, I don't think so because our government. What do you mean? No, I'll tell you why. It's because our government doesn't play nice. Um, number one, I don't think they can be trusted. So, and also, they are not the type to want to be controlled. And the South African um, Reserve Bank will definitely not want to give Zimbabwe free reign on how to conduct its monetary policy with the RAND. So, basically, what will happen is we lose control of our monetary policy and i don't think that is something our president is going to want to to do especially to the south africans uh with a different president i can definitely see such an uh, arrangement being made and agreed upon but with the one we have currently i i wouldn't put money on it so i, I don't think we're going to join the rmu under a mugabe presidency yeah, oh, it's 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 news, guys. It's crazy, guys. A U.S. dollar in Zim is not the same as a U.S. dollar everywhere else in the world. Like, you know, I, I'm because like the... I've, I've been reading up on it, and this guy uses the example of the old mutual stocks, and old mutual has stocks um, in London has is listed on the London Stock Exchange, on the Zim Stock Exchange, on the Joburg Stock Exchange. So essentially. Uh, this is a layman's description of this is my understanding of it. Um, those stocks are fungible. So if you buy in South Africa, you can sell in London. Um, if you buy in Zimbabwe, you can you can sell in London. Or if you buy in London, you can sell in Zimbabwe. Uh, the same stock. It's the same stock because it's the same company worldwide. In in London, it's a dollar. It's a dollar twenty or for a stock of Old Mutual. In Harare, it's seven dollars. Yeah, so our, our so stock exchange is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, people, it's crazy. People, people are finding safe, and I put that in inverted commas, places for their money. So they can't trust the cash, so they're going to go to whatever else it is they can find. And as a result, stocks are overpriced. 
But um, that, I think, has finally reached its ceiling because last week it was at 11 billion, uh, the counter for the ZSC, and this week it's gone down by about 300 million. So, it, no, three, yeah, 300 million. So it's at um, 10.8 billion. So I think it's finally reached its ceiling. It's very scary when it continues to go up because people will lose a lot of money if this a thing a lot a lot of money if yeah. this thing just crashes which it's very you know it's at that point where i think something terrible could happen but i don't know we'll see how it um how it turns out um there's all these pictures of money on the streets um bond notes newly, new bond notes newly pressed bond notes that were that are circulating uh, <coughs> circulating on social media there's the other the um, bond coins, three million dollars worth of bond coins uh, that are coming in are into coming. the. They are and it's, it's what and it's, it's what Gono did. Gono, Gono was was printing Zim dollars and sending runners out. There's lots of uh, popular rich people that we know in Zimbabwe. These young rich guys that started off by being Gono's runners to go and burn currency and effectively buy hard cash on on the streets and that's something that is has been known and Manguji is doing the same thing he's sending out more bond notes so that they can mop up the the last bits of of US dollars on the market in fact i've got a i've got a source in zim um who's in in an industry where they handle cash um uh, they have high, uh, lots of cash and he's saying that they sold over 2 million dollars worth of cash to the RBZ at a rate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at a rate. I mean, the good old professor did say that the bond note is trading at, um, what did he say? It wanted $1.10, which is a lot. Yeah, at $1.10 or whatever. So, he you said know, one oh, yeah, one, 105, 110, yeah, I think is what he said. Yeah, 105, 110. Um, yeah. So they, they know this is going on. They've admitted to it. Um, the rates, of course, are junk, but... You know, they are part and parcel of what is happening because they've done this before. So this is nothing new for them. I think as a, it's frustrating having, you know, already participated in the rodeo and ridden the bull to be back here again. Um, I'm particularly angry because I get paid in US dollars and where I work, I work for an NGO, which means that the money I get is real money. And somehow as it enters my bank and as it comes out, it is no longer real money. Um, you know what? I'm just angry and frustrated because literally the value of my salary is now a third of what it was 12 months ago. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I want to, I want to choke someone with a bond note. Um, I don't it's, know who yet, <laughs> but I have three people in mind. It's not strong um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> well played, comrade. Well played. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, and so, it will just, it will continue to get worse and worse. And the thing, because the thing that makes me the most frustrated is that. I, I'm, you know, it's US dollar. My money is real money, but it's not real money. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not. And neither can I then just simply cross the border and go buy some things anywhere else because it's. Uh, it's 
monopoly yeah. money. You so the people were hoodwinked, and now they must find. Uh, well, 2018 provides them an opportunity to make a change sure. in government because um, basically, yeah. basically you don't want the people who hoodwinked you to hoodwink you yet again. So voter registration started. It's been one week that it's been ongoing. Um, we've heard different things, or at least I have from from different people. I don't know, Penyu, did you go register? Did you try to? No and no. Because I'm too busy trying to get my bond notes out the bank. Um, yeah, the voter registration process. Oh, Rita Makara was on Ravinico a few days ago. A couple I didn't days listen ago. to it, actually. No, I didn't. I haven't seen it either. Have you, did you watch it? Yeah, um, it was, you know, the same, the same, same old. But what she's, I think... People are spreading despondency about the process. I mean, you know, it's not your fault. Obviously, you're reacting to the hurts from before. But we also need to keep in mind that our government is not, um, it's not shiny and new. Neither is it efficient. So, you know, it's not a great big conspiracy, I don't believe, to disenfranchise voters because they need us as much as we don't want them. Um but, you know, things like forms not being available and the slowness of the process is, as Rita Magrao said, it's a new thing. And so you have to be patient with the process. Yes, you know, the amount of time and the number of voters and wada, wada, wada. But as opposed to, because I see a lot of people on social media pulling down the voter registration process. Oh, I'm not going to vote because what, what, what. Go register. Be patient with the process. If you if they don't have forms, show up and give them forms if you're able to print. Um, I, I like Fadzi's approach to it, which is more, okay, if these are the insufficiencies, how can I, um, it's very pragmatic. How can I then help or contribute towards making this as a better, you know, experience. So as we go, it will improve. I understand the remaining, is it 2,600? Kids. Uh, Kids. Yeah, Yeah, the remaining 2,600 kids are expected on October 14th. And from there, they will increase um, the number of centers and, you know, and so forth and so forth. But if you can, please have your um, affidavit um, commissioned What's the word that they use in lawyer speak? Made official. Yeah, certified. Yeah, have it certified before you go because that's actually what's creating the problem. That there's one person who has to be the commissioner of oath, oaths and then has to do fingerprints. This is in Bari. Um, and because of that, it becomes slow. But it's just. You can go straight. Yeah. On that, on that note, uh, I mean. A uh, quick shout up to to Obed Gutu, um, Moses Mavaira, and a few other lawyers that have um, brought their stamps and just sat down at uh, Inbari and and commissioned and just uh, you know acted as commission of oaths there. Um, I understand the ERC, um, the Electoral Resources um, Center, is uh, putting together lawyers to basically do my shift. Um, to do my shift um, for 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 um, commissioning oaths at uh, commissioning oaths for certifying documents at um, 
at the at the center, but I don't know how it's going to work when there's now you know twenty centers in Harare, hope or fourteen centers. There's going to be fourteen centers in Harare, and then you need fourteen lawyers at each at each place. But um, I mean, yeah, like you're right, people are. We just need to get it done, really. Aren't there yeah. thousands of lawyers in Harare? Mm. Yeah, I mean, where are you? Civic duties. <laughs> where are you? You know, yeah. I I honestly think that um, <laughs> people need to be invested in this process, um, because it is so important. So I, I I wrote an article on on the youth and why they should register to vote, and in doing some of the research, I found that uh, 1.9 million people and between the ages of 18 and 30 were not registered to vote um, last election. That's 70% of the potential voters within that age group. Um, President Mugabe won the election by with 2.1 million votes. So you've essentially got uh, an, um, an amount of people who literally, with plus or minus another 300,000 people, could have won an election for anybody had they all voted together. And I'm not saying they would have, but this is the size of uh, the people that were simply not registered to vote. And I agree with you, Penyu, that with a lot of the talk that's going on, it makes people discouraged from wanting to you know, go through the process. Ah, it takes too long. Ah, atinama um, form or it's atinama... Um, my documents and they won't sign so why should I bother so I think the messaging needs to be very different and people need to be encouraged more so because traditionally young people between the ages of 18 and 30 haven't uh, registered to vote Just to vote simply yeah. that so people need to be encouraged yes we get Zek is inefficient yes we get that the process is not easy um, and there are all these things, and Zex inefficiencies and all the problems do need to be called out. But in calling them out, you should also recognize the more important thing is to actually get people registered to vote. So it's, it's going to be challenging. It's not going to be easy. But I think people should focus on the fact that let's get people registered to vote. That should be the yeah. most important thing that people actually do. Yeah, I think definitely. It's called a struggle for a reason. Um, and, and this expectation that it's going to be like what it looks like they do in America. <laughs> we, you know, you show up and it's going to be wonderful. And, you know, it, it's not, it's, it's a struggle for a reason. And I think for those of us who have the privilege of being able, and sometimes even the luxury of having your documents and so forth, and we're out here talking shit on social media about the process that you do not wish to participate in. I think it does a disservice because in as much as we say and so forth, part of that is us. And if we're not showing up, then it's easier, isn't it, to steal the election? Yeah, definitely. And I don't know why we take such pride in, you know, being a resilient people. You know, but we're not even putting our hands up. We're not able to to do something like uh, registering and voting. Um, and this is the thing is that there's no right at this stage you don't even have to know or care who you're voting for but give yourself the option yeah give yourself the option so that when the time comes you actually just can choose someone 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, let's not forget there's a new voters' role. So everyone needs to register to vote, not just youth, say. Um, so speak to your Anna Mama, Anna Gogo, Anna Mbuya to remind them it's a new voters' role completely. So if you voted in 1980 and you think your name will still be there, um, you should you should vote again because it's really everyone's struggle. Um, I don't think anyone is is exempt from from the things that are going on in Zim. And of course, we are youth focused and we're all everyone is focused on the youth, but it's everyone really needs to play a part um, in this coming election. Uh, it's that important. Yes. Yeah. And um, once we get to vote, once you are registered, uh, you'll have the responsibility to vote for councillors, members of parliament and uh, the president. Yes. Um, speaking of members of parliament, um, our favorite independent, yes, our favorite independent, um, honorable Timba Peter Muliswa, um, ah, had some cho- had some choice words um, for I the minister of finance and economy. Yeah, TP. <laughs> oh, okay. Peter. Really? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> Yes, anyway, carry on, sorry. Some choice words for the Minister of Finance and Economic Development. Um I've got the answer right in front of uh right in front of me, yeah. And um I I'll give you a brief quote, just his opening paragraph. Um he he said there's a shortage of foreign currency and any foreign currency which is to leave this country has got to be prioritized. I would like to know whether the money that was used by the first lady to buy a house in South Africa and equally the money used by Rachel Goreza to buy cars outside the country was a priority and did it also have foreign exchange approval? Question mark. <laughs> um, fighting words. Um and, I'm um, here for him. That's what I want. I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with his politics, but I'm here for his line of questioning and inquiry in parliament because these are the, you know, why are we making it that some people are above being asked about what it is that they do with our money, particularly my money? Can yeah. you tell I'm mad? <laughs> no, it's, it's, a fair, it's a fair point. Um, yeah. And... Um, his first, because on uh, when they opened Parliament, when was that? Tuesday, Monday. I mean, Monday. Oh, um, yeah, he asked. Tuesday. You know, he was posing the same questions, and Tuesday, thank you. Yeah. He was posing the same questions, and these are now issues that affect all of us. And it's not simply, a, you know, yes, you have a right to spend your money how you want. To to spend it but kind of talked out we're giving some people privilege and other people have to suffer as a result that is an issue for parliament it's not just i mean I, I it's com- now an issue that everybody must talk about i completely agree timber um raised the level of debate within parliament and i think it was uh honorable maridadi who then you know said uh give him more time and they you know they offered him more time to continue speaking because he he addressed not just that issue but a whole lot of um other issues 
to deal with the way the things that we've been discussing, the fact that a lot of uh, our laws have not been aligned to the constitution. So basically on the opening of parliament, the president gave a speech and this was the reaction to the speech that the president gave. And the president spoke about, you know, how parliament had passed laws and they were aligning the laws to the constitution. And Timber called out some of the things that the president said and said, no, um, you know, You've said that there's only 30, I think he said, laws left to be aligned. What happened to the other 400 and something? So he was very um, clear and he spoke on a number of issues and he spoke, um, he had facts to back up some of the things that he was saying. And Mm. it was refreshing to see that such discussions are taking place in parliament aside from the... um, back and forth heckling and all of the other silly things that, that go on and all of the ducking and diving that our ministers do when when they are asked questions during um, that question and answer time. Yeah. So I think what, you know, if other parliamentarians can follow that line and that approach to being inquisitive, being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, researching things and actually bringing things out and also if we then have a parliament that is not <coughs> majority ZANU-PF or super majority ZANU-PF, then we can move to a space where our parliament is actually able to hold our executive to account, where we actually have laws going through that are beneficial to the people of Zimbabwe. Uh, but what it takes is us actually having or putting people into parliament who have the capacity to raise the level of debate and raise issues that are pertinent to, you know, the everyday person. I completely agree that there really should be certain audits of how people are able to buy two Rolls Royces, how people are, um, you know, spending $4,000 or whatever it is in in nightclubs around Harare, um, how people are sp- taking or why the government is taking 70 officials to New York, some of them who aren't even officials. All of these things need to be scrutinized by parliament and people actually need to answer to some of these things. So in this current parliament, we'll only talk about it and nothing will happen. But hopefully in the next one, we actually have a lot more accountability. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it's yeah, it, it's refreshing, and he was so well researched. Um, because the 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 the, the I just read out was from the twentieth, was the Wednesday that when the minister was in, but in, in on Tuesday, you know, he's speaking about the Auditor General's reports. Um, you know, those recommend recommendations, and you know, he's even speaking on on you know the Land Developers Bill. Uh. And how it affects his constituency, and um, you know, you you really have to give kudos where it's due. Uh, you you don't always have to agree with uh, Timber, and, and I very often don't agree with um, with some of his statements, and um, you know, his his obsession with uh, a certain uh, cabal of gangsters. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> cabal of gangsters, yeah, Lacoste. 
Uh, uh. <laughs> Let's not no. name names, guys. No, Let's not name no, names. No. no, the gay gangsters. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> his his words, not mine. Um, but yeah, no, no. It's it's it's, it's definitely refreshing, and you know. I don't know why we don't have more 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 of this. I understand why ZANU-PF MPs have no no need to 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 do this, but I don't understand why the MDC um with well educated uh, lead, the leader of the house for the MDC's um you know Dr. Kupe, she's very well educated and I can only point to a few times uh, Anna Jessima Jomea there I mean she she stand out as well. But what about the rest of them? How many how many parliamentarians do we have in total? Two hundred and seventy. Um, yeah, yeah, members of parliament, and yeah, I'd be I can name a handful who actually contribute to debates in in parliament. Um, I think there was something that came out was it last year or the year before of yeah members parliament of parliament who haven't said anything. Yeah, who haven't said anything in four years at oh, all. I like that. like yeah. who have said what nothing. were you doing? Just collecting your allowance. You're sitting allowance. Yeah, I'm really trying to understand. So, in as much as we're going towards um, an election, it's the quality of the people we elect should be scrutinized. I know it's something that um, is is very difficult to 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 speak Mm -hmm. about and to assess because we are not at a stage where ideas matter, but it should be something that people actually consider and think about. That we need people who, number one, will represent you and represent your interests. So you need people that you know will, will be able to do that. But number two, to also lay, raise sorry, the, the level of debate and discussion happening in our parliament. Because if that happens, then we can have quality you know, laws being passed or when laws come through, they are actually looked at and scrutinized on whole rather than just rubber stamped. And again, that comes back to not having a ZANU supermajority. Yeah, I think even ZANU supporters don't want a ZANU supermajority. <laughs> um, <laughs> not you specifically, but I mean, I've heard people, you know, we have one comment who's even said it doesn't make sense to have a... a a democracy doesn't work without a strong opposition. It just simply doesn't. Because uh, it's not legitimate. <laughs> no, even even um, even if it's legitimate, it's, there's just no checks and balances. Um, uh, simply no checks and balances. Uh, mm. You know. So speaking you speaking of uh, checks and balances, um, the constitutional court seems to be. Checking, Ooh, checking and can, we, yes. can we talk about can we talk about big because this, this is a neat segue but can we talk about what Temba said about um super executives <laughs> dr my the super executive who has the power to prevent because it speaks to this issue to prevent an investigation uh into shall we say malfeasance by the current minister of higher and tertiary education now you can say what you want to say, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I actually, 
I was being very cheeky on the day. So um, the Constitutional Court <laughs> threw out um, Professor Jonathan Moyo's uh, application against his uh, arrest charges by Zach. He was questioning Zach's uh, arresting powers. And the Constitutional Court bit, uh, said, well, this is not our issue. It should be dealt with at a lower court. So I believe that, you know, um, if he'll take it to the high court or to the magistrate's court. I don't know which one that will then look at the issue. Uh, but basically, it's been thrown out by the Constitutional Court and it's likely that Zach will try at some point to rearrest him. But then... Um, as you said, didn't uh, justice? Uh-huh. Sorry. As you said, Upenyu, um my Mugabe has twice come to his defense and said that the charges laid against him are fraudulent and part of a factional agenda. The sad thing is, though, um, she has no authority <coughs> in any capacity. Um, maybe Women's League, she can, you know, I don't know throw out, of which that goes to a disciplinary hearing, but then she is judge and jury, Coco. So she can throw out who she wants, ku, 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 ku women's, women's league, league, or accuse mm. and all those things, ku women's league. But ku, yes. on a national platform, really, she has no... She, she, she has no power. Yeah, she has can no power. Can we say that? All. Yeah, she has no... Well, she in she technically has no power to, to deal with any of these things, and she shouldn't be allowed to make such statements because it it really then puts a lot of people under undue pressure um, not just that but it undermines the executive itself exactly if you're allowing somebody by virtue of the fact that they married someone to speak on, on executive issues to essentially run a country it means your executive is has no is ineffective. It, it's not able to carry out what it wants to do because we have a queen. And maybe that's what we should admit to. Kuti, this isn't a monarchy. <laughs> it is. <Hello? laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, you know, I think I want my prophetess and go, if you can about the prophets, I might avoid the prophetess. No, my one is that's a voluntary organization. Manje Kunoku, you know, yeah, we just you see the thing is nobody voted for her to be anything. Thank you. Even exactly. women's league, she was appointed, she wasn't voted. I don't know who voted anyway. She or has not earned she was the ability and I don't know yes. how the process works. But anyway, she 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 really has no um authority to be speaking on such things so the constitutional court throws it out we'll wait and see um on the day i i asked um prof Mudumbu. <laughs> that was a cheeky tweet <laughs> did, he re- did he respond he didn't and uh you know he then the papers the next day had all of this uh jonathan moyer to go to jail or something of the sort um that was Newsday and daily news and he said no comment and he his lawyers publish something about how they will take it to the next, to whichever courts it, mm-hmm. they need to. And um, we'll see how it, how it plays out. I really do hope that it isn't um, thrown out, that he actually is arrested and he, he comes up. Um, that would be something else, wouldn't it? It, it, mm-hmm. it really would. But the thing is, in terms of the fact that allegations have been put forward, 
and there seems to be evidence. I think that it needs to it needs to see its day in court. This needs to be something that actually comes through. If the courts do find that he, um, you know, that there's no need for an investigation, fair enough. But the police should investigate because they have the responsibility to do that, as per the constitution. Um, Zach doesn't have the resources or the the power to do so, but they have the authority to ask the uh, police, police to yeah to launch an investigation. So, mm. because these allegations have been brought forward, then it should be seen through as is in the constitution. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it how it plays out. Uh, yeah. I, I I I really hope that. They can be. Do you have faith? Do you have faith in the process? <laughs> you, you know, the thing is, because because I recognize the factional um, agenda to it, yeah, aspect to it. It 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 could turn out to be a blessing in disguise. I don't know if that you know makes mm-hmm. sense that one mm-hmm. side is really trying to get the other side. So at some point, they really do then just expose each other, um, mm. but. As we as we're going towards the the twenty eighteen election, whatever happens in the end, I I can see um, President Mugabe pardoning him if he is said to be guilty. Um, that that I can definitely see happening. So so maybe we'll get a bit of a circus and then it will just die down. Oh, Do you yeah. think Mugabe would really pardon a man? Yeah, well, you know he's the current representative. The current the current Zimbabwean representative at the United Nations was um, arrested and charged for the uh, in the Willigate scandal, and he was pardoned. And now he's Zimbabwe's ambassador to, uh, to the United Nations. Yeah, but that was in the past, guys. Shava, ah, leopard doesn't change its spots. She just and the thing is, you know, and you know why he would do it because one thing Mugabe has been really good at is is ensuring loyalty and what more better way to to ensure loyalty than to have someone beholden literally for your freedom of which also um <sighs> professor jonathan moyomutengesi um you know he, he you know why are you using pl- such bad words no Mutengesi it's true he, no he plotted <laughs> to, to oust the president in 2004 yeah so you think it, mugabe is like he my you know keep your enemies Really, really close. No, Mugabe is, 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 is mafioso. He's mafioso. Yeah, he knows is, how to run a mob, and that's what he does. That's how the, the party is is run. I mean, look at this, look at um, the Chipanga. same principles of El Chapo Guzman and and Pablo. How to Moshike? Look at Chipanga. Chipanga was Kwamai uh, Mujuru. Uh, yes. Akazo defector kaenda ku kula cost ah ku G40 akazombo defector kaenda kula cost I mean that guy has no loyalties so so and <laughs> he's just trying to survive in Zimbabwe guys no he is but the thing is <laughs> such a person can be used it can be used against him the fact that mutengesi according to them mm. so they will always remind him of the fact that iwongor kwa maimjuru and we've yeah. we've given you a lifeline. So who yeah, are you sir, going to be? Yeah, who are you going to be loyal to? You know. Um. Yeah. Um. One thing that Mugabe did do, okay. Um. 
And uh, do you know who wrote his speech at the at the United Nations General Assembly? Do you know? Ooh, or? I, I don't. Um, I'd like to believe it was George because that's his It sounded job. It sounded like George. At least the text sounded yeah. like... Uh, such a um, good speech. I love that speech. No, it was, it was such a good speech. <laughs> I know, right? He could be our permanent representative to the United <laughs> Nations. Exactly. I would be very happy with I that. Support we, that. I support so, that. But yeah, no... Interesting things happened yeah. at the at the UNGA. Um, yeah, first um, Mugabe's speech where it was milder than previous speeches, I must say. Um, Gold he, Goliath is mild. You see, the thing is, um, he wasn't uh, as explicit in his calling out. He was more uh, nuanced, and um, it was uh, what what can I say? metaphorical and had a lot more humor uh, yeah, than, no, no. than previous. It was a very good speech. You know, he spoke about um, all sorts of things, the usual things, Palestine and Israel, but he also spoke about the need for reform in the United <coughs> Nations and he spoke about um, Trump uh, blowing his trumpet for unity and peace and all sorts of things. And we um, mentioned in the group that um, he it's it's it, the irony of his speech, because these are some of the things that back home need to be done, um, mm. you know, unity and uh, reform and all sorts of things. But uh, the the one thing that made international headlines was um, when the when Trump was speaking, the poise, of the, the poise <laughs> of the Zimbabwean delegation. Um, <laughs> it fell apart, apart, just embarrassed us. <laughs> They didn't, didn't embarrass us. No, they didn't embarrass us. No, I think ah, for me, that's the best diplomatic move the Zimbabweans have made <laughs> since. Uh... You see, the thing is, the, the the rest of the world was quite excited because our president was sleeping or resting his eyes or shielding his eyes, whatever uh, Comrade George likes to say. Um, <laughs> Thinking about his words. <laughs> Bonyongwe had this. Um, couldn't be bothered. His... Look on his face. <laughs> Um, Shava, who is our representative, also had this could this end look on his face. Like everyone sort of had this, wow, why are we here type thing. And the caption at the bottom of the CNN screen said, uh, was talking, said something about um, Trump speaking at the United Nations. And then it had... It was, no, it was, it was classic uh, optics. Um, And, uh, and then, (laughs) no, his speech was witty, he's... um, he said, Mr. Trump, please blow your trumpet. <laughs> blow your trumpet in a musical way towards the values of unity, peace, cooperation, togetherness, and dialogue. No, it was it was a it was a witty speech. And you know, I, I'm contending with the idea that uh, Trump is less popular than the <laughs> dictator than Mugabe. How can which, that be? <laughs> you see, the which thing is, is um, so the United Nations is founded on values of peace and international security. And Trump really in his speech came out and he was... Well, he you know, threatened North Korea with he extinction. Did. He, he, <laughs> he was like, yes. I don't care who you are, you in. <laughs> I'm yet to tell the but, world. Yeah, that so, I mean. so he but really I mean, called him rocket... He called um, Kim Jong-un rocket man and he said, you know, oh. he'd annihilate um, them if it came to it, which... At the UN is is very you know it's the exact unusual yeah it's the exact opposite of something that should be happening at the UN and Mugabe was the only one to call him out and say ah but 
Kogai, yeah. how far? You know, you can't be coming to the UN and yeah, no, be talking. No. But the world, the world, the world is really, you know, in some way misses, you know, these statesmen. I suppose Mugabe knows, you know, in the days, in days gone by, I don't think that, uh, you know, with some of the great French presidents of the past and and other delegations, I don't think they would have stayed in the auditorium while Trump was threatening another country. Um you know, someone made made the comment um, that it, it's happened before, where people have actually walked out in the middle of the speech because of what was being said. Um, and but you know, in years, in years gone, in years gone past, yeah. If if Gaddafi, uh, for all his faults, was there, if Chavez, Hugo Chavez, for all his faults, was there, I think uh, you know the house would have been a, a very very different place. But um, I guess we are living in a post uh, truth. Post nine eleven um, world where, where alternative where, fact, yeah, where these, where these things happen. But back to Mugabe's speech and and people calling out the hypocrisy of it. Um, we made this point on the group, but I I think what some people don't realize is that, at least in my opinion, or in, in geopolitically speaking, Zimbabwe is is a minnow. We're we're a small nation. So while that speech is at international forum and it does make international headlines, essentially it's 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 also meant to send a message to to the Zimbabwean people because we're the only people that are really truly invested in it. And when we call out his hypocrisy, it's because we're the only people that care. <laughs> and 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 I know some people are saying, "Oh, you should be at an international forum making speeches for." for the international world but um you know even donald trump's speech was an internet it was a foreign policy speech but essentially it was directed at his base um basically saying america first um that's what is directed at his base he wasn't talking to he was talking you know optically to the world but he was essentially speaking to american people about how he wants to to um to to go about it so you know, people have problems with us calling out um, Mugabe and his hypocrisy, but at the end of the day, that speech is a domestic speech. No, certainly, I yeah. I, I agree. Um, you know, you you represent the interests of of your people, even when you're an in, at an international platform speaking to an international audience about international things. So he, it's you know, it's definitely words that. We all wish he would take, internalize, and uh, see through rather than take his entire family to Gucci and McDonald's. This this is how Mugabe hurts me, though. Because, you know, he'll go and, yeah, 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 it's for local audience, etc. But... Um, you know, he's he's there, he's the little guy, because I really like that David Goliath um, analogy. He's the little guy and he's speaking truth to power. Unfortunately, he doesn't let the same happen in his own backyard. And it's, it's you know, I'm conflicted. This is, he's hurting me because I'm at what I want to hate him, but I also want to love him because I hate Trump so much. So, <laughs> and, and Trump did say that, that his friends uh, like Africa, um, they, like, they like to come to make money in Africa. In Nambia, in Nambia, in Nambia, yeah, he, he was Nambia, which is, um, what did we say? It was next door to Wakanda and, uh, and Zamunda. Zamunda. Yeah. Did you guys know it's the 111th uh, made-up African country? 
according to <laughs> Wikipedia. Is there, really? <laughs> is there really a list of made-up yes, African countries? Yes, there's a list. Wow. There oh, is a list of made-up African countries. Wakanda is on it. So is Zamunda. Wow. <laughs> and West, <Sorry>. West Angola. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, guys. Um, I I unfortunately have to have to to make a move, but um, yeah, I don't know if uh, anyone has anything else on beyond because if we're speaking about uh, Trump, I think we can be here for the whole day. <laughs> true, that is true. Oh, I'm done. Um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, we we've done good time. I think we're at 55 minutes now, so yeah, yeah. So I mean, before yeah. I go, just uh, obviously, guys, register to vote. Um, if there are any lawyers. Um, listening, um, contact ERC, uh, use your stamps. Uh, also, for those guys in diaspora, um, if you go to Fadzi Mahere's page, she um, is offering you guys an opportunity to sponsor uh, uh, transport for someone to go register and vote. Um, and also, um, Citizens Manifesto um, have said that if you can get a group of between 12 to 16 people together, they'll come and pick you up and take you to the registration center for free. Um, so, yeah, there's a number of initiatives. And, um, yeah, for, for us in diaspora, for anyone who does listen to this outside of the country, um, yes, uh, sponsor your, 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 your relatives or find um, some way um you know to because you might not be able to register but certainly your your money can make an impact um it's two dollars to for someone to catch a combi to and uh and from uh, the registration center um five hundred to town five hundred to mbare um it's funny how the currency works <laughs> how, you, how you call but, it uh, five rand when it's actually yeah yeah it's 50 bonds. 50, 50, 50 yeah. Um, yes. There's things that we can do um, even from here, and and everyone just really needs to to put the, to play their part because uh, I think that it's uh, partisanship aside. Really, it's it's about Zimbabwe as a country. So I don't care who you vote for, even if you're going to vote for um, Goblin, I'll pay for you to go and register. Watanga matigari, watanga. But yeah. Yeah, uh, and on our side as well, we have a, a Twitter account. We we reopened one after the last one got shut down, um, which I believe shows that we were a bit anarchist, so we've done some good things. We were hacked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to dash before you guys wrap up. Um, and yeah, my, my I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter, um, politics and Beyond ZW, I think, is the Twitter handle. Am I correct, yeah. Opinion? Yeah, politics and beyond ZW. Uh, uh, do I tell lies? Okay, see, okay let yeah, me just now, check it. Yeah, let me just, keep going. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, so I, you see, I lied. Polly and beyond ZW is the Twitter handle. So follow us on Twitter. We'll be engaging people there. Also trying to see if we can get some graphics going. Actually, uh, yeah, if anyone would like to help us out with that. Um, to put out some election or voter registration awareness uh, information, what documents you need, where you need to go, and that sort of thing, just so that we can help people out. So check out our Twitter page, okay. Polly and Beyond ZW. Um, aside from that, my Twitter handle and all my social media handles are actually at Chris Charamba. Opinion, I don't know if you have anything. Uh, yes, please like our Facebook page. It's at Beyond Poly ZW. Um, I'm Upenyu Makoni everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and join our group. Where's the link for the group? 
Um, Hello. Uh, the link will be on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. we'll add it just now. Yeah, the the WhatsApp group so that people can uh, see what's what's happening there. There's always interesting conversations. Shout out to all the people that uh, liven it up. Uh, so yeah, you've been listening to Politics and Beyond on Capital Two Six Free, free to say it, free to do it. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs> cool, where did you come from? And now. Capital 263.